Hi, this is Angel Wilson and welcome to Spark Up. Hello and welcome back to my little corner of the internet in the podcast world. Again, my name is Angel Wilson and this is a very different episode for this podcast. This is part of a new series that'll pop up every now and then. I like to call these mini sparks. These will usually be shorter episodes, usually 25 minutes or less. And they're basically just going to compose of news updates, research, or any current hot button topics that are coming up in the world of autism. Uh, some of them may lead to longer episodes further down, but usually if I'm doing a mini spark, it's because it's something that's happening right now in the community, something that I think others outside of the autism and autistic communities should know about, or something that, you know, may warrant some sort of uh, advocacy and, and, and speaking up from all of you out there. So the subject for this first mini spark is the Judge Rottenbird Center and its connection to the Association for Behavioral Analysts International or ABAI. I know that's a lot of words I just threw. I'm going to explain exactly what both of these are and why it's important and why I'm speaking to you about them today. So first, I want to talk about the Judge Rottenberg Educational Center. It is located in Massachusetts. It was founded back in 1971. It is a nonprofit institution. They serve all kinds of developmental delays, autism, behaviors that are considered to be dangerous or difficult. They serve ages five and up. So ages five all the way through adult are accepted. They accept nearly every kind of difficult behavior and we know that with autism sometimes there can be difficult or dangerous behaviors involved with it so they serve all of these different types and the reason why they have been a thorn in the side of the autistic community which again is actual autistic people and have recently come under fire within the autism community is because of their use of what is called aversion therapy and their use of a device called a graduated electronic decelerator. This was created by the founder of the center. And this device is almost like a, look at, think about it kind of like an ankle bracelet, but it can deliver electric shocks by remote. And this device has been used for years on patients for minor apparently according to state reports even the most minor infractions the center itself says that it's used only as a final resort if the behaviors are really 
out of control and after any kind of positive reinforcement has already been tried and failed. State reports over the years have indicated that it was actually used for all kinds of minor things, such as person not working fast enough, uh, the patient uh, screaming after they got shocked a first time, they'll get shocked a second time for screaming. If they try to use the bathroom without permission, if they urinated on themselves because they were not allowed to use the bathroom or were denied bathroom uh, use, uh, that list goes on and on and on. In 2013, the United Nations actually declared that this use of the device was had actually violated the United Nations Convention Against Torture. This is back in 2013. And the use of this kind of device and this kind of electric shock was actually banned by the FDA in 2020. But because of legal setbacks and because, of course, the center was pushing back. And as you'll find out in a second, they have some heavy hitters behind them. That has now been stuck in what I call legal limbo. So the device is still being used, even though it's technically been banned. There's been reversals on it and it's going back and forth. And now it's kind of in limbo due to COVID-19 and the pandemic. So that gives you very briefly a look at what the uh, the Judge Rottenberg Center, or I'll now say JRC, um, is about. There is a lot more that can be said about this center. It has a long, really complicated and disturbing history. Uh, I think it would use we would need an entire episode, I think, to really unravel and go into everything that has happened. There have been um, kids who had to go to the hospital due to burns from some of these shocks. There are um, former autistic patients who have spoken out against this center and have been given cease and desist letters by the center. There are former employees who have been threatened for speaking out against the center. It's, and like I said, there's been numerous attempts to shut it down to no avail. So there, there again, there is a lot behind this center and probably later on down the line, I'll do a bigger episode on it. But I wanted to get this out right now and quickly because I think this is just something that the public needs to know about right now. The second entity that's uh, connected to this whole hoopla is the Association for Behavioral Analysts International, also known as ABAI, and that's what I'll call them here on out, ABAI. They were founded in 1974. They're also a nonprofit. So you may be asking, well, what do they have to do with this? Why are they important? They are the body that basically approve the curriculums required to become certified as a board certified behavioral analyst or um, any kind of certification under behavioral analysis, especially if you're going to be working with autistic people. You basically have to go through them. To some degree, you have to go through them either to get the correct courses or to get the accreditation itself. I know here in the state of Florida, they oversee the course curriculum. They're the ones that approve the course curriculum that has to be done in order to get certified. So anyone who's certified in the state of Florida as a board certified behavioral analyst, BCBA, or any of the other variations of that uh, certification, they had to go through approval of the ABAI. So what's the connection between ABAI and uh, this This really... Uh, this really questionable center? Well, uh, if you were to go on, you can go straight to the Judge uh, Rottenbird's Center's website. You can go check out the board of directors. 
and you will see that a former president of the ABAI sits on their board of directors and a current member of ABAI sits on their board of directors. Now, what got everyone talking very recently about this, because like I said, they, both of these organizations have been functioning since the 70s. Why is it now suddenly becoming a, a big deal? So in May of this year, ABAI had their annual convention and they invited the center to come and speak not once, but twice. They did two different symposiums on the use of the contingent electric skin shock, which is what they use basically in this center. And they were giving data on how it reduced behavior. So basically kind of talking in favor of it. And this set a kind of a shockwave through the ABA community. Um, I found out about it through a particular um, individual on Facebook. Uh, their Facebook name is Bearded Behavioralist. And they were totally on top of this. This is someone who is not only a BCBA, a board certified behavioral analyst, they're also autistic. So they especially were extremely fired up about this. And a lot of the information that I got about it, I learned through his sources and what he was posting about it. And he called for a boycott of the of the convention. Apparently that ruffled a lot of feathers within the ABA community and with ABAI. And that's still an ongoing ruffling of feathers. To my knowledge, um, ABAI has not outwardly condemned the use of contingent electric skin shock. They have, in response to the pushback, the huge pushback that came from this, they have created a task force that is going to basically examine whether this approach should be used, how it's used, should it be removed, why should it be removed, or why should why it should be kept. And their final report on this is set to be due September of this year. So they have created a task force. I'm not going to go into my opinion of task force, but um, I, they, yeah, I won't go into my opinion on that, but they've created a task force. So again, I wanted to just quickly come on and kind of give an overall view of why this is kind of a big deal in the autism and autistic communities. Of course, autistic people have been speaking out against this center literally for decades. Uh, and Nothing has really happened. There's been attempts to do things, but um, there's a lot of pushback. Parents who have actually had uh, children at the center have been some of the main sources of pushback, interestingly enough. But there's been a lot of pushback and back and forth, and there really hasn't been much that's changed. There's been some legal retribution, I guess, but not enough to, to shut the center down, not enough to cause any major, you know, major negative effects on the center. They still have, you know, I think they're, I think when I read their, uh, their worth right now, I think they have about $70 million. So they're not hurting as far as funding goes. So they're continuing to get funding. They're continuing to use uh, electric skin shock um, and they continue to be connected with the uh, ABA, ABA International. So I thought it was important for others. There may be BCBAs out there who don't even know about this connection. And I'm hoping that they learned also about this connection and will do research, more research themselves. A lot of this I got from the actual websites of the, the, actual, um, the actual organizations. So if you just 
Google ABAI, you'll get it. If you if you Google Judge uh, Rottenbird um, Center, Rottenbird is spelled R-O-T-E-N-B-E-R-G. You'll get all the information that I just gave. It's it's right there. You can also, um, if you were to look up uh, contingent electric skin shock, you'll get a lot of uh, statements that came out in 2020 from various uh, autism organizations, including ABA ones that spoke out against this and made it clear that they are against this, uh, this form of, uh, this form of quote unquote therapy. So there's been plenty who have come out and been firmly against it. And it, it's kind of, that's why there's a question on why ABAI has not formally come out and said, we are completely and totally against it when so many other organizations and representatives for the ABA community have. So that's that entire topic, basically, in a, a nutshell. Again, I was trying to uh, explain it in a way that kind of gives the major points without really overwhelming you with a ton of details. There's a lot of horror stories behind that that center, though, and I I feel like I have to be mentally in a completely different space in order to be able to address all of those. So again, uh, thank you. I'll be doing more little mini sparks like this where I'll kind of bring up. Uh, Oftentimes more positive stuff like actual research and, and things like that. And I'll always try to cite where I got my my information from. I will um, always uh, try to help you connect with that same information so you can read it and find out for yourself. And that's it for my um, mini spark. If you um, have questions, want to give feedback, you can always email me. My email address is angelw, A-N-G-E-L-W, at Spark Guidance. S-P-A-R-C-G-U-I-D-A-N-C-E, sparkguidance.com. You can email me there. Uh, my website is www.sparkguidance.com. And you can check out this uh, mini Spark episode when it goes live, along with any other episodes that have gone live on the main page for my podcast, which is sparkupautism.com. Again, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your time. I will see you in the next episode. Be blessed. Don't be stressed. Bye.